one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Ryan Galban has been a holistic lifestyle coach and kinesiotherapist teaching and mentoring various, in various forms for over 22 years. Growing up in the self-help mecca of the world, Northern California, he has been immersed in personal development since his early teen years and since dedicated his life to assisting in the expansion of consciousness and the liberation from the limitations of the mind by deepening his students' relationship with authenticity, embodiment, sexuality, emotional intelligence, and mental mastery. Lion, welcome to the show. I'm so grateful to be here, brother. I'm inspired by you and your work, and, I, and I'm so happy to reach this, your audience as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I, uh, I was inspired by your page as well on Instagram and some of the things that you've been able to share there. Um, my journey was one from being extremely shy as a kid growing up to, you know, in my junior high years, I finally got the courage to ask out a girl. It didn't go so well. And, uh, and then I found myself in a loop that, that I wasn't even aware of until recently where I was perpetually trying to, uh, prove myself, you know, to that, to that little junior high Anthony who was afraid to walk up and talk to girls and, you know, took took every possible personal development thing that I could throw at something to come out of my shell. And I'd like to talk about relationships and dynamics and a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. And some of the things that you share that really help, uh, men and women in relationships. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's beautiful. I want to just touch on your story a little bit. I think it's just much like many other men around the world, myself included. I remember my first date, I went and picked her up. She was in a cul-de-sac around the corner, literally picked her up. We were all playing outside and I lifted her up and I was a skinny kid about maybe a hundred pounds. And she was maybe 150. I don't know. <laughs> and I was running and tripped over my own feet, dropped her on the asphalt, scraped my knee and her elbow. And the date was over. Boom. Boom. She went running into her house crying and I was crushed. It was like, this is my first person I was ever able to express my interest in who was interested in me. And we had a, we had a connection that I destroyed. And so many other men have fallen on their face the same way or face difficulties in like expressing their, their interest and in intimacy with with other people when they were kids and it plays out into adult life because the, the things that we experienced as a child, we didn't have the emotional intelligence skills that we needed back then to properly process the emotions and the thought patterns that come up with that. And if we don't deal with it, if we just ignore it or we just move on with our life, it doesn't actually go away. Like this idea of suppressing our feelings is actually compression. And so what feelings are, emotions are an emotional wavelength. They're a vibrational frequency that are palpable, that can be picked up by our body. We can sense them with the sixth sense, which is our capacity to feel energy frequencies. And it might feel people, they, they know sadness, they know anger, they know nervousness. And just imagine you're standing in front of a new boss. You've got this, you're the job of a lifetime lined up right here. You're really excited about this and you're hopeful, but you're also kind of scared. You don't know if they're going to pick you. That sensation is, an, you can, we can all feel that. It's through the 
stomach, through the being, it's like an electricity. And we have the capacity to pick up vibrational wavelengths in the field around us and that are emerging from within us. And they happen during these challenging times in our lives as well. And if we don't allow them to move through us, meaning we go, no, no, that sucks. I want to be peaceful. I want to be happy. I want to play video games. I want to go on with my life. I want to like pretend like everything's okay. I want to do something else. Even healthy behaviors like breath work, meditation, uh, exercise, these are all avoidant tactics that actually, um, when we don't allow that vibrational frequency to move through us because we're conduits like a copper wire, if we stop that copper wire from moving electricity, we put enough electricity in that copper wire, it blasts out. And so what happens in our emotional system, we, we have a cycle of energy is supposed to be moving through us. And if we stop it, which often stops here, we stop speaking our truth. It often stops also at the solar plexus, just above the belly button, because we feel like we're not going to get what we need. We're not going to be accepted. We block that. The energy can't flow through, and it just suppresses and compresses into the quantum layer of the molecules that make up the matter of our body, because everything fundamentally on the quantum level is and so if we're suppressing the energy, we actually adjust the energy field within each one of the molecules of the elements of material that make up the human body. And we become the thing that we don't want to experience. We actually start vibrating at the frequency of whatever that thing was. Maybe it was sadness. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's depression. And that sends out a resonant frequency into the field, which continues to manifest situations and people that are at that frequency. If I have a, a tuning fork at 432 and I tap it and it's in a room full of tuning forks, the other 432 tuning forks will start to vibrate. Or if I hit a guitar at a guitar shop at a key of C or whatever I hit, the other guitars will also vibrate at that frequency because there's something called a resonance where it, it just picks it up and starts to vibrate vibrate too at that same level. Our brains do the same thing. So if we're having thought patterns, let me give an example of that. If you yawn, I might yawn too. If you are, if, if somebody steps up in front of you and they're feeling angry, like there's people who are angry, you get irritated and you start to get angry too. If there's a horny person around you, you might feel that too. That's why we love watch, watching pornography sometimes because seeing other people who are in that frequency actually creates the vibrational movement or the electrical activity, the neuronal activity in the brain for us as well. So if we're carrying around a wound from childhood where we were rejected or we failed in some way, and we didn't actually move that energy through us, we didn't embody and emote it, then we actually become that frequency and we continue to experience it in some sort of emotional rerun throughout our life. And there is a way out of that though. So the way out of it is we need to emote. That's the only way that we can express our feelings. And many people are not expressing their feelings properly. What they're doing is they're actually narrating their life, you know, and I liken it to like looking at the sunset and watching this beautiful chromotherapy, the different colors and just like feeling the joy of it or holding your cell phone up and tinkering with the buttons, trying to film it. Right. So we're disconnected from the process of emoting, emoting. We, they call them feelings for a reason. We feel them. Many people are thinking about them. And thoughts are always only words in the mind. That's what a thought is. It's only words in the mind. It's always that. Anytime you have a thought, you're using language in your brain. 
When we're feeling, we're using our mind to direct our awareness to the palpable sensations. We're seeing imagery. We're becoming present. Okay, so when we're feeling, we're sensing, we're, we're in perceiving and presence. That is one experience. And it's using this biological antenna, the body that our consciousness is walking around in, to pick up the frequencies that are emerging from our own quantum level and that are in the field around us. Now, the field around us is just like there's light waves, gamma waves, magnetic field. There's uh, there's uh, gravity, there's sound waves, there's cell phone, there's Wi-Fi. Now imagine if we could see these things and they all had like a little filmic layer. We literally couldn't be a bog around us. We couldn't see one foot in front of us because there's so much in the field around us. But we can tune our biological antenna like a radio to pick up certain energies. Like you can start to feel happy just by using concentration and just trying to feel happy. And an energy comes through you of joy because you're actually tuned tuning your antenna suit, your biological antenna to feel happiness. And we, this is the process of emoting. Okay. It is directing the mind's awareness to the palpable sensations of energy that are, we typically associate with particular emotions, feel just allowing yourself to feel it and embodying it means moving with it. So if I'm, if somebody's angry, they're like, ah! if they're joyous, they're like, ah! if we see a person run through the, the, finish line and they put their hands in the air like this ah, it's a universal language we all understand and we can feel it too ah, they're elated they're so stoked they just won right and the reason why we all understand this is because the physical expression of energy is actually the most natural thing that we have all we all have it's built into us it's an innate capacity that we've stifled since we're children and we've moved into and, and, and across the board and throughout the the world is been westernized to to prioritize the intellect and we talk about so that we can either explain or understand our feelings so psychotherapy or what we typically do is i'll call a buddy and be like hey this happened and i'm i'm feeling super upset what well, you know this person did this and i'm really angry this is all talking right. this is explaining to somebody else and it's and or i talk to myself about i think about it in the in the attempt to understand so what are those two processes it, it's it's explaining or understanding those two things are not emoting emoting is a separate process right so if you want to move that energy and become a clear vessel so that we can actually not hold on to that stuff and stagnate it at these energy blockage points within our being we've got to actually let ourselves move that energy and there's this japanese performance art called buto you should google that okay and what they do is they encapsulate the grotesque as a means to elicit an emotional response in the viewer but the actual performance what they're doing is they're feeling the energy inside themselves and they're giving it physical form and who knows what the hell it looks like it doesn't matter this is not about a performance this is about really feeling and so you want to make sure that the uh, the movements that you're doing to emote are actually being fueled by the feeling itself so let's say you had nervousness as a child. You felt a little bit of self-consciousness. That has a particular vibration. And every story that we have about life in general has a wavelength associated with it. Every single word. So if I say stop, 
versus go, it means something different, but each one, it feels different because it has a different wavelength. The characters of letters are actually just symbols representing a particular wavelength, just like 432 hertz is representing a particular pattern of wavelength activity, how high and low it moves at what frequency. Language is the same thing. We don't think of it that way, but every single word, hate has a particular frequency, you know? And so what we want to do is we want to allow that energy to be the fuel for the movements. And just like when we, we drive our car around, we use gasoline. When we emote from the place of that emotion, that emotion becomes the fuel for those physical movements, especially if you can palpably sense that emotion while you're moving, right? You can feel it. Ah! If you're hitting pillows and you're angry and you're screaming, you're banging a sledgehammer against the, the tire, you're punching the punching bag with fury, eventually you don't have any anger left. You just, you're exhausted physically, but also you're just like, it would be ridiculous for me to continue you trying to rage out because this stuff is definitely not there. The same thing is true with sex. If we make love for six hours on end, and I can do that because I don't ejaculate anymore, it's just eventually you're just like, why are we doing this now? Like we literally have just like, we've been, we're just doing it for mechanics now, or it's just novel. And so the same thing is true for our emotional expression is that it, the fuel gets used. When we drive our car, the fuel gets used, the gasoline is gone. And the same thing is true for our emotional energy. But it's important to note that when we drive our car around we don't do it just to get rid of gasoline who drives their car around just to use fuel i mean it's ridiculous it costs a lot of money these days we don't want to emote just to get rid of our feelings right because our feelings are our internal guides our internal gurus they're pointing a finger to an underlying issue that needs to be addressed we need to use our psychology and we need to observe the the energies as they're moving through us without the language center present what we want to do is we want to use our mind and direct awareness to the subtle nuances of the feeling and truly try to understand what they really are. Typically, people are like, I don't like this. I don't want it. Life sucks. It could be like this. It should be like this. It would have been maybe your, your girlfriend breaks up with you. Though That use of language is indicative of a mentality of rejection of what's happening. It's not acceptance. It's pushing it away. I don't like being sad and it sucks. And what that's doing is it's creating a slight separation from that energy and a resistance in you to it. It's subtle, but it's stopping it from fully expressing. And so many people are thinking of emotional release. No, no, no. It's emotional unleashing. We want to really feel them more fully through us. And that's how we can understand their intuitive hits. They can give us the information that they have to offer us. They each have a pearl of wisdom. No emotion is invaluable. No emotion is, is, is bad. It is the way the human mind relates to it that is toxic or, or destructive. But the feelings themselves, if we increase our bandwidth and our capacity to actually feel high High levels of intensity, greater levels for an, in a shorter period of time, a much wider bandwidth is to a greater range. Then the way that we start expressing these feelings becomes healthy. And also we allow them to move through us and they give us some real deep insights into the human experience that could help us to understand what were the traumas from the past that I'm carrying? What are the stories and beliefs that I tell myself about love, about my own value, about my, my worth, about the size of my penis or my capacity? 
identity or what other people think about me or the nature of women and sexuality, all those stories, those beliefs actually shape our reality. The language that you allow to move through your brain, the words that you choose actually shape every single moment, the way that you perceive what you're experiencing. And the language actually changes the way the frequencies are expressing. If you've ever seen anything in quantum physics that, or, or you know about the double slit experiment, you've seen, and if anybody hasn't done that, your listeners, you should Google Dr. Quantum, the double slit experiment and watch it on YouTube. It's a cool cartoon um, made for kids, but it's great for all of us to understand the, the, the way that wavelengths and particles are expressing in an infinite way in every single moment, meaning particles are behaving like waves, waves are behaving like particles. So if I shot a ball out of a gun, it actually is super positioning itself in every possible position at the same time until there is an observer present once there's an observer and they don't tell you why this is true but once there's an observer present it collapses into a singular result okay it only does one thing so the infinite potential of wavelengths which all energy can continue to change and morph so our emotions the vibrational frequencies the ones you can feel if you don't use language in your mind it might it will shift and change into something else because it has an infinite potential and it's also influenced by its own expression and the thought patterns that we have why does that ball that i shoot out of my gun only do one thing when i'm observing it and you'll see this inside of these experiments that they explain in Dr. Quantum's explanation of the double slit theory, but he doesn't explain and no other quantum physicist explains why is this so? Why? Because the limited perspective of the individual observing collapses the potential based on what they believe is possible. So right now, my body is super positioning itself in every possible position. I'm floating around in space. I'm going off into the distance. I'm disappearing. I'm lighting on fire. But what you and I are seeing are me sitting in this very spot right now. And there's nothing else that we can each see in this moment because we, we it's just unfathomable for me to float off it's not going to happen it's not real it defies the laws of physics and so since our minds do only believe that i can move from this place to here or a slight in all directions that's what happens and the same thing is true for our emotions our limited perspective of life is based on the ideas and concepts that we've gathered since we were a child and these limited perspectives are are basically what we know to be true of reality the stories that we've told ourselves based on what other people have told us the wounds we carry the ideas from a myopic academia corporate consumer programming religious dogma your family traditions and the things that you've carried from the your the generations of your grandparents you know from the time that they were living in strife and challenge we carry these ideas around with us unknowingly and they're shaping our beliefs and perceptions and our beliefs and perceptions are more important than reality in itself they're more impactful on us and other people they shape our behavior the way that we embody in life if you believe that you can eat a strawberry the universe puts strawberries in your mouth you have strawberries in your mouth sometimes. If you don't believe that you can eat rocks, you never have a rock in your mouth. The universe never puts rocks in your mouth. And the same thing is true because it changes the way you embody. You never actually move yourself to a rock and put it in your mouth. The same thing is true for your personal relationships with women or men or whoever you're, you're, you're interested in exploring a romance. If you don't believe that you have the capacity to manifest a 10 out of 10 or multiple 10 out of 10s in your life and having these twin flames around you who know about each other, transparent relationships that are beautiful and fruitful with all of your erotic fantasies coming to life, if you don't believe 
believe that that can happen for you, then it can't happen because you change the way that you embody in space. And as we move ourselves through space, space is reacting to us. There's a direct formula, a direct correlation between our beliefs about life and the way that we embody and what the universe brings us, the experiences in our life. So if my beliefs and actually the direct experience in that moment too, how does it elicit new thought patterns and feelings within me? If a, if a dog walks into the room and you've been bitten by dogs, even if it's a cute little puppy, you're having a fearful experience. Neurological stuff is happening. Hormones are released. Neurotransmitters, you're feeling fear. When I see the puppy, I'm like super stoked. So we're each having a completely different experience in the exact same situation. And that's way more impactful on all of us is how we're perceiving every single moment. And so how do you shape the way you perceive yourself in life? Well, one is we need to purge out those emotions that are stored within the system. We got to empty the cup if we want to be present and empty and, and able to fill that cup with the new energies that are emerging in our explorations of life. That's number one, right? We can't have old stuff there filling the system. The, the SD card, the, 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 uh, you know, it, the, the RAM or, or ROM only has so much space. We have to get out of some of the stuff. We get hit delete, get rid of those old files that are no longer serving us. We need to delete operating system 1.0 and create a new system of the way that we interact with life so that we can start to experience something different. And reprogramming the mind is part of the subconscious. We have to get into the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. There's two parts of the mind. 90% of your life experience is controlled by your subconscious. So what does that mean? I just got back here to Bali about two months ago after living in Thailand, Copenhagen, on the beach. I was right out there um, on, the, on the beach. I had a, a, a balcony that actually was over the ocean. It was gorgeous. Open up the doors. The windows right there. And it's just boof, boof. After three days of lulling myself to sleep with the sound of the waves, of sitting at my computer and just like, wow, the ocean. Wow, it's so beautiful. After three days, I didn't even hear the waves anymore. And the same thing is true for people who travel to work. If you're driving inside of traffic, you will end up getting in your car. You don't even remember putting your key inside. All of a sudden, you're at your desk. You don't even know how you got there because the subconscious mind is taking out all the things that it doesn't think is important. Okay. And it, what it's doing is it's making decisions based on threats and making decisions based on efficiency. And it's creating uh, patterns. It's like, say, okay, this is the thing that always happens here. It's not important. And so these ideas that the subconscious has are actually trying to help us so that we can continue to perform whatever it is we want to perform in life. The neurological structure of the brain is what makes up the subconscious patterning. The thought patterns that happen automatically, the thoughts that are controlling the way that we think consciously and behave are, are based on the very structure of the brain itself. And so we can repattern through incident dependent neuroplasticity, IDNP, and it speaks to the supple plastic nature of the brain and how it can continue to shift and morph and change according to where we direct our awareness, our intention, our thoughts, and our behaviors, our feelings, where we direct our awareness and our thoughts and our behaviors actually starts, the, the, the nerves are kind of like the supple root system of a banyan tree in the, in the river. If the river changes its direction and the roots on this side are no longer getting water, they wither away. And the roots where water is get bigger and thicker and because they still need to feed information or water to the tree, right? So the brain's the same way. If I am trying to learn how to write my name, when I'm a kid with a crayon, it's a mess. It's just, it doesn't look like anything. And over time, what your brain has done, because you've practiced over and over, it has arranged the neurons in a certain way so that you can do that without even thinking about it. 
And now you can sign your name and script writing while talking to somebody else. And it looks beautiful. The same thing walking downstairs. You had to hold your mama's hand and the rail and go and think left foot down, right foot down, left foot down. And it was really stumbly. And now you can hold two bags of groceries, talk it to your homeboy and be at the bottom without even acknowledging for a second consciously that you just walked downstairs. And the brain is conspiring to help us. And this is an example of how the universe is conspiring to help us. And how does this happen? You can think of it as an arrangement of a piping system. If I have a pipe that goes, or I have a pipe that goes, whoop, straight down or i have a really thin pipe or a fat pipe if i drop balls in there or water which pipe is the water going to choose the one that's widest with the least resistance and the most pipes going straight to that path to that thought pattern it's not going to take the long route okay and that's what happens with our brain if i think about love and gratitude if i think about altruism if i behave altruistically if i keep high vibrations in my system all the time then what i do is i start to bring more neurons that and the synaptic cleft closer together, more neurons, thicker bundles and fibers, just like our, our muscles when we work out. They get more fibers that are bundled together. They create super highways for information. And the more often I do that, usually after about 30 days of it, it becomes solidified. And this process happens effortlessly. So your ritual becomes habitual. The things that you actually try to do on a regular basis become just like natural habit that you just do without even trying, right? And they, they just become your natural state of being. What's up, guys? Anthony DiClemente here, and this message is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. So a few years ago, I was in a frustrating situation. After just about every meal, I would experience gas, bloating, stomach distension, constipation, even diarrhea. And this three-month gut reset protocol completely changed the game. I'd tried a ton of things. Nothing had really worked that well until I did this. So what I did was I combined masszymes, Bioptimizer's enzyme formulation that helps to break down protein and increase your own immune system's effectiveness with their probiotic at a specific dosage of 10 capsules of masszymes with five capsules of the P3OM probiotic taken in the morning on an empty stomach and then at night on an empty stomach. And right away, I started seeing some positive improvements. Then I added another six capsules of the masszymes and three capsules of the P3OM probiotic before each meal. And a few months of that, specifically three months, nine bottles worth, my gut was almost completely fixed. Throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire, I made sure to fast for 14 to 16 hours between dinner and my first meal the next day to increase autophagy, upregulate the immune system, and help clear out some of the other viruses, bacteria, even parasites that can inhabit our, our gut. And that made a massive difference for me. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it will probably make a massive difference for you. So if you guys want to check out that gut reset protocol, it requires nine bottles of the masszymes, nine bottles of the P3OM, and you can get it at buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. We've got all the discount codes already applied and put together a nice, a, a nice way for you guys to save on the package when you go there. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M. I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And you'll see the three-month gut reset protocol that includes nine bottles of masszymes and nine bottles of P3OM. Take it as recommended and you will see a huge improvement in your gut health. Check it out. These, these ways of feeling, thinking, and being become very natural for you. But it's important to remember that this is a spiritual bypassing technique if you do not do essential steps, step one, which is emoting.
And how do we emote? We emote by embodying and expressing physically, okay? We emote by embodying, by feeling the energy within us palpably as a sensation, allowing it to move through us in its fullness, and then giving physical expression to it. And there are some other mechanical techniques that are repetitions of movement that can unlock the flow of that energy. But the goal is to go into a cathartic release of that energy that has physical form. This is the embodiment of the energy of emotion. This is what this is what emotion, energy in motion. Okay, emotion. That's why they call it that. It's not about thinking about it and doing these like mental exercises to try to reprogram your brain. If you, you want to do that later on, because if you don't emote the energy, it's still there in the system. If you avert your gaze away from something, if you ignore it, if you suppress it, if you try to move towards higher vibrational frequencies of joy and peace and love and gratitude, all you do is put a band-aid on a bullet wound, okay, and it's gonna fester. Okay, if you can't see the wound, it doesn't mean it goes away. It actually creates a larger problem if you ignore it if you've got a major disease in the the body it's the same as in an emotional system it creates secondary problems infections and a toxicity of the emotional system and so that's what gets in the way of our new explorations of creativity allow the energy to move through you once you've done that it, in, at the end of that process you'll hear all these stories and ideas about life and that's where we get the the finger starts being pointed to the underlying subconscious issue the, we don't get to see the subconscious that's why they call it subconscious okay once it's in the conscious mind it's conscious okay you don't ever get to see the subconscious if you can think it, if you go like oh i think my subconscious program is this that's not subconscious anymore so how do we bring the subconscious those thoughts into the conscious so it's no longer subconscious is we listen to the stories that our mind tells us if it says that person doesn't love me if i say that like this maybe my girl broke up with me she doesn't care about me or she does something like put the wet towel on a bed you don't care about what i have to say that particular story my brain tells me i can look at it and create a larger blanket statement people don't care about me people don't care about what i have to say create a larger statement i'm not lovable i'm not a value i don't have anything that anybody would ever want to hear that's the larger underlying subconscious belief that we have and so what we want to do is listen to the stories because those are our pathway to actually creating long-standing healing in the psychology because we want to reprogram our brain and there's some ways that you can pre-program your brain is through repetition and is through accessing the subconscious by there's many many different ways but i'm going to give you guys some tools a couple tools that i think are really cool i've got a bunch of them that are really impactful but the couple I think could people could start using without ever even talking to me. One is what I like to do is get a label maker. And if you're a cheap person or you don't have money, you can't afford it, get yourself some masking tape and a pen. And you want to find out what is my subconscious story, the true core wound belief that I have, I'm not lovable. And you want to create a concise and clear, believable, true statement that is the truth about that. And you can't get to the truth until you're accessing your higher consciousness. So you want to do something like meditation and breath work and clear the system when you're not triggered and you want to ask yourself what's truth about this and that statement needs to be believable and true it cannot be embellished i'm the most lovable person in the world that's bullshit and you're going to know that and your mind's not going to believe that your subconscious is not going to reject it so make it okay i have a lot of amazing qualities I have a lot that I love about myself and I have a lot other people love me too so I would riddle that down into a very concise statement and I would make a mantra and I would say, take that mantra and I would put it on label, make on labels, or I put it on some masking tape. And what you want to do is you want to put it where you can't, where you're not going to read it, but you're going to see it all the time. 
So for example, on your speedometer, on your car, where you reach for the door handle, uh, you know, above the doorknob in your bedroom, on your mirror, don't read these. Just let your mind see it. Let your eyes see it in the periphery. And what that's going to do is going to access the subconscious. This is how corporate consumer psychology programs us. A repetition of information that you don't even acknowledge is happening. Sometimes it comes at a rapid frame rate that I can't even acknowledge that it's seeing, but the brain sees it. And that's how it gets into the subconscious. And so we can use the same tools and program our own. And it is our responsibility to program every facet of our psychology. And if you don't take full responsibility for that, the world's going to do it for you. Okay. And that's something that we all need to get super clear. on. I'm going to say it again, because your listeners need to hear this. It is your responsibility to program every facet of your mind, because if you do not, the world is going to do it for you. And they do not have your spiritual, emotional, and psychological well-being in mind. They are profit driven. And so corporate consumer psychology is going to feed you whatever information it needs to, to make you feel less than disempowered, disconnected from your true self, your authenticity, so that you'll buy shit to try to make yourself feel better. That's the whole name of the game there. It's consumerism. Okay. And so if we elevate above that by doing our own emotional process, then we can start to see what is the truth about us and who we really are and how we want to behave in life. And this is the pathway to our authenticity. And I want to segue into that and say that our authenticity is the single most important gift that we have, the most important uh, power that we have. Many men have come to me and they want it because I have, I, I practice polyamory. Now that I've become empowered, I can create any kind of romantic and sexual fantasy relationship that I want. I've got a goddess 10 out of 10 partner and lovers around the world. And we share it's open, it's communication, anything I can think of, we can experience together. And men are inspired by this. They, all the guys in my community and people around the world, they see me in social situations. It's whatever I, whenever I feel a resonance with somebody, man, woman, doesn't matter whoever I feel connected to, boom, we're bonded and we're in love with each other. We got sacred sister brotherhood immediately. And people see that, how the F do you do that? And so they've come to me and many men have come to me and said, how do I be more masculine? And, I, and what I have helped them to understand is that, yes, masculinity is important. So is femininity, soft and strong, tough and tender. These, this, this emergence of the two of them are convergence. And the convergence of our spiritual essence, the higher aspect of our, our wisdom, uh, our, the higher vision, and also that vibrational energy of emotionality combined with the primal animal. That, that feelings of the primal energy is important. But what's more important than, than manifesting your primal power, your masculinity, your emotional sensitivity, your spiritual intelligence, all that is your authenticity. It's not about any one of those aspects. It's about the, the unique amalgamation of all of those. How do you take this certain little bit and create this mixture of the dark masculine, a little bit of the light feminine, a little bit of the dark feminine, a little bit of spirituality, a little bit, a lot of, a lot of animal like what is your unique mixture of these of the, the the human psychological experience of the archetypal human experience that is unique to you the colors you like the foods you like to eat the way you style your hair the way you like to walk and move and express yourself the way you fuck the way you dance the way you do all these things is an expression of your soul consciousness and if you're not expressing yourself fully which often people aren't when the emotions are challenging if i feel self-conscious when i walk up to you in a social situation i'm like hey <laughs> how's it going there <laughs> yeah so you come here often yeah cool 
yeah, you, you like to, uh, you like to come here, huh? <laughs> like that is not going to create connection. And it's also going to weaken you because you're going to walk away from that. Even if you got a phone number feeling like shit. And when you express, oh, I just feel so nervous in front of you. Like, I feel like I'm going to fuck this up. But like, I just, God, I just, I want to be with you. But like, I know I already screwed this up like this. You may screw up that social interaction, but at the benefit of true authenticity and starting to connect to who you really are. And if you feel this nervousness and this depression or this whatever, it needs to move through you. Otherwise, it becomes you. And we can find out who the authentic you is when we move all that stuff out of the way. What we people have been experiencing is not the real them. It's a disempowered version that has happened generations before us. You've We've all seen this, like, the, the this, these uh, studies where they take monkeys and bring them into a room and they put bananas at the top of the ladder. And when the monkey goes up, they spray him with a hose. And then, they, and then so all the monkeys know, don't go up on the top of the ladder. And then when a new monkey comes in, they, he tries to climb up and the monkeys beat his ass. They take out one of the old monkeys and they keep bringing in new monkeys. And eventually the room is filled with new monkeys who have never seen the hose sprayed on anybody. And they're stopping every new monkey from climbing that ladder. They're beating the shit out of them. And the interesting thing is that humans do the same thing they have all these studies showing this and i don't want to go into that right now but the interesting thing is is that generation after generation they assimilate faster and easier the teachers are more effective at teaching the new students each generation that experiences an oppression of their psychology and oppression of their unique expression oppression of their sexuality oppression of their authenticity it becomes the norm we all become lemmings because that's just what we do and it becomes very easy for the next generation to do the same thing and that's the generation that we're in now okay we're in the generation of people who just accept that this is the way and when we see empowered people we have our own emotional reaction to it it's toxic we go oh you can't be empowered you can't take what you want from life even if it's consciously you're a bad person because i think i'm a bad person if i do that and and what that does is it causes other people to keep their head down. No, everybody is smalling themselves down so that they don't go against the grain and receive flack. And one of the things we have to do is increase our bandwidth for challenging emotional frequencies, the capacity to handle higher levels of pain. And what that means is we're able to stand up in the face of adversity, put a flag in the ground for what we believe in, our authenticity, our truth. As long as we're doing it with integrity, with care and concern for other people, with empathy, with honesty, with clarity, with transparency with integrity then and we're caring for other people along the way then yeah you're might gonna get flack from some people you're gonna trigger disempowered and small-minded people but you're gonna and when you are able to deal with your fear of rejection your fears of other people's opinions and you start standing for what you believe in you poke your finger through that paper thin veil of fear you step through that doorway bashing through that little piece of filmic layer and you look back and you go holy shit i love me more i respect me more i fucking did that and then you do it again you keep poking through those fears and eventually your subconscious mind says this is unfounded the very these fears are not logical the very structure of the subconscious shifts which creates a functional shift as well a behavioral shift a belief shift and we continue to see this upward spiral where we move beyond the things that used to typically stop us from being able to manifest what we want and we start to live empowered and this is the path it's your authenticity it's dealing with your emotions in the proper way it's using your mentality to direct awareness to sensations without language present because the language center contorts the way that energy is expressing it really shapes it it creates a box around it you know if we have an emotion like i talked about earlier 
clear where we step in front of a, a, um, a boss and we feel nervousness, energy in the stomach. When I call it nervousness, that's what it is for me. Collectively, we've all agreed we give it this emotional label, but we also collectively agreed it's okay to kill all the Jews. It's okay to kill all the blacks and enslave them. It's okay to do this and that. It's okay to whatever. Like we're collectively, we see, we look back and go, fuck, that was really archaic and stupid. The same thing is true with our emotional labels. Although we agree it's nervousness, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And when we suspend our thought patterns and the words in our mind, and we allow ourselves to feel it without that language, then we're allowed to feel unity with that energy. And in the union with it, it begins to express fully and morph and change. Now, why does language collapse the infinite potential of wavelengths into a singular occurrence? Because language is a dualistic tool. You might have heard of non-dualism, the unit, the idea of unification, that night and day is one process. That death and birth is part of one process. That, you know, that we can't have one without the other. You can't have man without woman, right? So this is this idea of of oneness consciousness of non-duality well language itself is a dualistic tool one word only has meaning because it negates the, the meaning of all other words one letter only means something because it doesn't mean another letter okay so I, the, the the word one or uh, or the one the word two only means something because it doesn't mean three or four or zero it only has its own particular meaning and so it's separating itself from everything else the framework itself is separate it means like only this. We use it and we bring it together to create sentences and ideas, but if you go down to the fundamental framework, it is a dualistic tool. And so we're trying to uh, uh, understand, which means we're thinking and using language, uh, a oneness consciousness by using a tool that is dualistic. And so we need to step away from that, and that tool itself has also been infiltrated by subconscious programming. Right? It's just like the limited perspective of our own mind and the limitations of the human mind. We can step above that stuff by allowing the energy to move through us in its fullness without having any language present. And this is the medicine is learning how to step into a shamanic state of mind and to feel the feel the palpable sensations of energy. And many men that I work with have told me they can't feel they intellectualize love. Well, I asked him, what is love? Well, I, you know, I, I respect her and I care about her and I'm committed and I'm not going to leave her. And I really, I want her and desire her. And I, you know, it's like, so that's not love, brother. You know, love is a palpable sensation. It's, just, it's like an outpouring, a glowing sensation, tingling pulsation is beautiful. It's hard to explain. It's, it's like a pleasure. It's almost orgasmic that moves from the core of you and goes up from the heart to the throat, down into the loins. And the love itself can create an erection. And like, it's like, it's crazy the way it feels and every other emotional frequency has a palpable sensation but many people can't feel higher vibrational frequencies we can only feel the animal biological responses which come from you know neurotransmitters and hormones oxytocin or stress hormones or whatever when we're angry we're in fear we're sad we're irritated those are biological responses but there are higher vibrational frequencies that are only palpable through a sensitive person and if you can't feel then you need to start doing emotional meditations you need to look at what emotion is blocked inside of you because something happened in the past when you didn't have the proper emotional intelligence skills to process your feelings and that became a blockage in you. You stuffed those feelings and it's actually inside of you in one area of your physiology or just outside of that in your auric field and you can sense it and you can start doing work around it and move that energy so that you have a free flow through the system again where all of the chakras down the midline are actually aligned and energy can move from your sex past the solar plexus which blocks when we feel like we're not going to get what we need or not accepted and allow our sex energy to go up into our heart where we can connect our making, making love rather than just the animal primal 
physical movements and our heart can attach and our sex to the infinite wisdom of the, the third eye and higher consciousness because if we open up the, the energies under the blockages here, you can start to speak like me. Think like I'm just speaking without even thinking. I'm just letting information come in and right out of me and in front of a camera, in front of people, in front of a new person. All this, if you can't do that, if you can't sing, if you can't, ah, 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 if you can't just open up your throat, it's because this energy center is blocked. And once we learn where our traumas are stored, where our past challenging experiences have blocked the energy, we can open that energy center, creating a free flow. And that's when all of us can be embodied. All aspects of the human psyche and human energy experience can be embodied and expressed out in the world. And I'll leave you by saying that the way that the, the energy moves through us, the way we can is by feeling it. And how we feel, the energy that we feel without language informs us. It gives us an intuitive hit beyond language in the mind. It creates an understanding that is just, we don't know how we know, we just know. And that's your intuition. It's your gut. It's your gut feeling. That's your internal guidance system. That's your internal compass. And, and that will change the way that you embody in life and changing the way that you embody in life, how you move matter through space, how you interact, how you talk, how you move matter, how you move other things, how you move with people changes what you experience, changes what your life gives you. That was awesome. <laughs> I've never experienced anything like that. I've done 152 podcasts. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love. It. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day, and it even decreases in inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Just two quick questions. One, for a guy who's hearing all of this and recognizes that he needs that, if he said, uh, Lion, what, what's one daily practice that I should do if I know I need to get that energy moving? Is it, you mentioned emotional meditations. Um, what would you tell that man to do? 
Okay, I'm going to give you two. Okay, the first one is you need to do a self-pleasure practice. You need to learn how to create sexual energy within yourself without pornography or fantasy. You need to learn how to make love to yourself. And that means having foreplay checking in. If you actually can get horny without these external things, is it just a fantasy in the mind novelty? Am I just doing this because I, I think I want to have some sort of release or some sort of pleasure? Or am I actually feeling my erotic nature? If you're disconnected from your own erotic nature, if you need external circumstances, a woman, another man, or pornography outside yourself to create your sexual energy, then you're weakened because now your internal landscape is dependent on external circumstances. We want to be able to self-source, to create everything that we might seek from external relationships, okay? So if I go to a relationship and I want you to make me feel love, I'm coming needy and empty and the person can feel that. And no matter how I express my love to you, like I want to rub your feet, brother. I want to you know, play with your beard. I want to cook you a cake. I want to suck your dick. I'm doing it from a place of emptiness and neediness. And that person can feel it. And they're like, they don't know why, but they reject you. They get into the avoidant attachment style where they're just like, oh, there's something about you. I don't like it's because the energy behind it is coming from neediness and emptiness. You need that other person to make you feel that if you have it yourself, because you have a daily practice of creating a connection to love, to sexuality, to pleasure, to energy in yourself, and you're abundant and you go, you're feeling so much energy. You just want to give it. You're just like, oh, I just, oh. Oh, I love you so much. And I, oh, I just want to make you feel them as amazing as I do. That's totally different, right? Just starting to express it and, and emote towards somebody. What is actually authentically moving through you creates a resonance. The vibrations start to change in their way inside of their molecules to resonate at the same frequency and you create connection. Whereas before we're always end up over and over getting rejected, but we can't do that. It's not something you can pretend you have to train for this. Okay. It's very easy to put on a show. Bruce Lee said it best. It's super easy to put on these cocky movements and impress people and make them think that you're cool. The hardest thing to do is to not lie to yourself is to truly feel what you feel and be what you feel express outwardly, what you're authentically feeling on the inside. And so you need to train yourself every Every single day and part of it is a self-pleasure practice and there's ways you can do it of having stages without porno of getting yourself to an orgasmic state and you need to learn how to how to come without ejaculating and i've created a new methodology beyond what the ancient mystics have taught to us and the other people who have taught this beyond all this taoist stuff because that stuff causes injuries the vast deference in the tubules from the from the testicles if we create back pressure inside of them then they can burst out and many men have had injuries and i figured out how to use that skill but then start taking out little pieces so it's all energetic now i just use intention to stop the cum from coming out and it's a very powerful orgasmic experience without ejaculate coming out and i don't have to do all the the locks and the pushes and the pulls and the squeezes and the press here and all that stuff you know and so it's important that guys learn how to do this because if you don't you could injure yourself you also just lose your seed but in in and using this, this self-pleasure technique, what I do at the height of orgasmic bliss, as I'm getting close to orgasm, before I go over the threshold, before I get that ceiling, right as the orgasm begins and I'm riding that wave, I, I stop stimulating the cock and I just bring love and gratitude into my being. And I feel a palpable sensation of love and gratitude. And this is not a thought process. This is actually thinking, what does love and gratitude feel like? What do those letters and characters, what does that word actually represent? What energy frequency does it represent? You have to learn to embody that. And there's a separate love gratitude practice that I do to help me to embody that naturally. But I, and understand that frequency more intimately because these higher vibrational frequencies are hard to sense if you can't feel. And many people are numb. They're narrating their lives. And so there's emotional meditations you have to do to unlock 
your capacity to feel these 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 feather like sensations of energy until they become more obvious. So that's one self pleasure practice and without ejaculating and um, bring love and gratitude in at the height of orgasmic bliss and move it through your system. So I do this wiping motion with an intention and I actually can feel energy. And I'm going to give guys something right now so they can feel energy in themselves. Okay. I'm going to give you a few things. One is smile without smiling. Don't move your mouth. You try it right now. Don't move any muscles. Feel the energy just start going to <laughs> without moving muscles. Energy moves at the level just before the 3D realm, just before physical tissue actually moves. If you look at my pec here, sorry about the mic, but okay, I move my arm. Look at my pec. If I use less, okay, let's say I'm using 15 hertz or 15 uh, volts. If I use less, my hand wants to move, but just my pec. If I use only 10 volts, the pec doesn't move, just the energy starts to activate. Just the energy. So same as the face. When I'm trying to do inner smile, I'm about to move the cheeks. They're about to start moving. But just before tissue actually moves is the level at which energy starts to activate. And we can probably feel that when we practice on many different levels throughout the system, right? And this is just a simple one, the inner smile. And so you will need to learn how to activate energy. And I'm going to give you guys a tool how to bring energy into your body right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to close the epiglottis, which is the little flap that when I swallow, it closes to keep liquid out of my lungs because the lung pipe is in the front. Bad design. They didn't consult me before they did that. But there's a flap that goes over the top there that closes when we swallow. Or we go, ah, that's the closing of the epiglottis. So you should be able to hear the breath. That's the epiglottis squeezing. The other thing is I'm going to put my teeth together. Okay, when I... Yeah, when I inhale, okay? And then I'm going to pull towards me intensely and I'm going to passionately feel. I'm going to passionately feel. My hairs are standing up. You can see electricity, my chicken skin, chicken skin, electricity. So just electricity. to describe to the listeners, you were, you were driving your elbows in toward your sides, your mouth was open, your teeth were closed, and you were almost like sucking air in as you pulled the energy towards you and then repeated mm -hmm. over and over again. So you're it's inhaling like as you pull your elbows. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm exhaling as I pull my elbows. Okay. Yes. And then, and then in through the teeth. Okay. And I'm pumping. It's almost like that kind of action you would do if you were making a derogatory sex motion. Hey, you <laughs> know, like pulling your elbows in, right? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that action with intensity actually creates energy inside yourself. And I forgot this is a podcast. And so what I was showing early with the pectoral and arm movement was I was showing how we do that funny thing in the gym where we make our pecs move. And, and that's that, that the movement of that tissue means that we have brought the electrical activity high enough that it's surpassed the level of energy and frequency and brought it into the tissue and tissue movement in the 3d world is, is so obvious and loud that it's hard for us to sense some more subtle experiences the same thing is true with language is present in the mind it's hard for us to feel the emotions of palpable emotion within ourselves because the language center is so freaking loud the silent witness consciousness which is the aspect of our psyche an aspect of our being that is timeless that is part of the the consciousness of all living things that creates the plants and the sun and everything is so quiet compared to the ego consciousness which we've created since our childhood 
predominantly from year one to seven, the ideas and concepts which are speaking through language in the mind is so loud in our internal experience that it becomes challenging to hear or to see and feel and, and understand the silent aspect of our consciousness that is actually watching the ego and watching the thoughts and the feelings is perceiving all these things that is separate from them. That is the true us. Many people are identifying with their thoughts and their feelings, their body, their property and their actions. Okay. Your people are identifying with their thoughts, their feelings, their body, their emotions, their property, their actions, right? And that, that is a false identity. Those are just one finger on the hand. They're a part of who you are. If I take all your, if I take your job away, you are still you. Okay. If I, if you're not a son anymore, your parents die, you're still you. If you don't have this partner anymore, you're, you're not a lover anymore. You're still you. If you, if I chop off your arm, and in your other arm, you're still you, your legs, you're still you. I chop off your chest and you just have your head here and where I keep going until it's just your eyeballs, but you're conscious of who you are and where you are and what's going on. And you can think and you can like have awareness. You're still there. If I take away your eyes, but your awareness is still there, you are still there somewhere. Right. So that is, I'd say the palm and all the other aspects of our experience are just one finger of the hand. And many people are falsely identifying with the voices in their head or their body, the way it looks, you know, and you hear that, like with people identifying with their property, they have a car crash. You hit me. No, no, no. Our cars hit each other. And I'm fat. No, your body is fat. Right. So like you are not your body. Right. So like in your, whatever you're experiencing in life is not you, your thoughts or your feelings. You are the, the being that is witnessing all of this. And you can't sense that unless you turn up your sensitivity by turning down the language center in the mind and being able to step into a shamanic state of awareness where you're just feeling and present. And it's important that you have that when you're doing these other two practices that I just told your listeners, which is these, um, the self-pleasure practice, the next level self-pressure practice, and also the, the creating emotional energy inside yourself is palpable. You can't experience the richness of that if the language center is kicked in. And if you have a hyper active mind, which is many of us are experiencing that, then there are skills and tools, ancient techniques that you can use along with modern neuroscience and addressing your specific life issues that can help you move beyond that. So you can start having an embodied experience of life again out of the intellectual, because that's where the real richness, the juice is. Lion, thank you for being so generous with your wisdom and your practices. What would you say to a guy who's thinking about working with you? Um, what would you tell him uh, about uh, your, your program and where he can go to learn more about it? Well, let me tell you this, that my program is a complete life overhaul. This is not like, I mean, many people have tried psychotherapy and they've tried, you know, going to workshops and watching TED talks and reading and all these other things. Those, those things don't work. They're just a bandaid on a bullet wound. They're just trying to make you docile so you can feel peaceful right now and like feel happy for a second. That's a short-term fix. It is not actually going to change. You need to have real world experiences that start to change what you believe. It's actually, it's, I take people through a living process, experiential therapy which I created, giving you the tools to handle the challenging emotions and challenging thoughts. So you can go into the mixing pot, go into the belly of the beast, go out and have real life experiences that are challenging that help you to overcome the fear of rejection and all the mental programs by actually experiencing yourself. Because that's the best teacher. I can tell you all day that a fire is hot until you feel it. If I try to tell you what chocolate tastes like, and you don't have a tongue or what, you know, a rose smells like, and you don't have a nose, it's only until you have the direct experiences yourself that you truly understand 
the information and it's by living it repeatedly that it becomes your truth okay and you cannot fake these things you can't think your way into embodiment or masculinity or health or it's, it's an embodiment thing you actually have to experience it from within the viscera of your own body and, and repeat it over and over until it becomes who you are so your authentic expression of self can be love and gratitude and power and all those things and so i'd say if you want to work with me you need to be ready for a full life overhaul you can't come to me with some wishy-washy commitment you need to be ready to dive in super deep and and what i want to offer to the the men who or women who are your listeners is i want to offer you guys uh, a gift of 20 percent off of anything that i do you just go to my website right now the web address is into me i see dot love it's going to change eventually but right now it's into me i see dot love and you can find me on instagram at sacred dot rebel dot lion and also on Facebook, I got a Facebook page called Rites of Passage Events. That's R-I-T-E-S, Rites of Passage Events. And I, I just give away free information all the time. I'm getting my PDS videos, like, you know, instructional stuff. And like, I'm just, I just give it away, give it away. I've got so much information. And we just scratched the surface here a little bit. I'm a channel. I just, you ask me the question and the information just comes through. I don't know how I know all this stuff. I've just, I've been this way for a long time. It's through cleaning the pineal gland, living altruistically, but the information just comes through. And so this is just scratching the surface. And um, yeah, if guys have a question, they can have a free 20 minute consultation with me. Awesome. Awesome. And the, is it I N T O M E the letter I S E E L O V E.com. You got it. You spell it all out into me. I see dot love. Awesome. Fantastic line. Thank you so much for your time. It was a, a Beautiful experience, something I will not forget and uh, hope to have you back soon. I really appreciate it. And thanks for inspiring all that stuff through me, brother. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted, an all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one -on -one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one -on -one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. 
From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 